Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the ever-evolving Great Northeast BJJ podcast. We did a lot of things in this one we don't normally do. It's pretty rare. We, uh, we don't do these things in person. I think this is the first video. We don't usually have a ton of people on at the same time. I think we had about 15 people on this one. Um, what could go wrong? Right. We recorded this one in the middle of the, the great quarantine of 2020. Um, we're all stuck. Nobody's training. So uh, we decided to do an experiment, get a bunch of people from all over the country, get a bunch of our friends from all over the country who've been on the podcast before, some we haven't talked to in a while. So it was great to reconnect. I think we all needed a little bit of BJJ community, um, and so we got it. It was really cool. Super, super stoked to put this one together and be on it. Um, includes Jeff Shaw, Philly Pete, Brad Wolfson, Monte Wiley, Rich McKeegan, Nelson, Hillary, Leo, Puentes, Croyler Gracie, my wife, Andrea. Everybody was on this one. Gary. Gary joined us. Um, so hope you guys enjoy this one. Hope it's good. Um, hope maybe if you're if you're still stuck in the quarantine, maybe it'll make you feel a little bit better. As always, this one's brought to you by the Tortuga Soap Company. All the things to keep you looking, smelling good, and sanitized. You can find it at TortugaSoap.com. Also brought to you by Port City BJJ, home of the Great Northeast BJJ podcast. Please, when this uh, whole thing is over, come visit us. We love visitors, especially uh, especially when now we're gonna we're gonna be stoked to see you. So, PortCityBJJ.com. Also brought to you by our friends at BJJ Prehab. BJJ Prehab is a uh, program designed to keep you healthy and on the mats training. So check out BJJPrehab.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for all the support. Hope everybody's out there is doing all right. Um, hang in there, people. We'll get through this. Peace. up everybody welcome to the train wreck that is the great northeast <laughs> bjj podcast uh we're about to embark on a great adventure we're gonna have about 10 people on this thing hey. uh, oh, sorry, everybody's showing up <laughs> jay mansfield just got back from the scrabble world championships no way uh, i, I, I want to let you guys know that uh it was a challenge match it was uh, my friend Adam's girlfriend, Sam, and she said, there's no way you can beat me in Scrabble, and we brought it to the table right before dinner, and I finished her off with about a, 100 points up before she quit, literally. And we all know from the jiu-jitsu world what a bitch active that is. You made uh, some rage quit at Scrabble? That's incredible. She quit. She tapped out. She Cardio tap. Is that my brother Bradley? What's up? Sorry, I'm dark here. I mean, uh, move around here. Let's see what we can do. Dark, dark times room. in Hamden, Connecticut. Dark, dark living room <laughs> lighting here. Listen, um, I've brought you guys all here together. <laughs> right? The, fa the family, we brought you all here together because, uh, you know, I've been, I've been uh, irritable 
discontent, uh, a miserable human being for the last two days, and I need you people. So different. <laughs> just so I'm just a little more than I normally am. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm super stoked to see all your beautiful faces. And and Croyler said he'd be joining us soon. Nelson's putting Leo to bed, um, and then he'll be joining us. So, um, just to start it off, like I figured we'd go in order of uh, in order of who appeared. This is all people that appeared on the show, right? And so, um, the first the first guest, episode six, was uh, Philly Pete, man, our boy. For those of you guys who don't know Philly Pete, man, um, the silver bullet legend, <laughs> Philadelphia OG skater. Was in the movie uh, Jiu Jitsu vs. the World? Yeah, that was uh, my, my big claim to fame. So that was episode six. Um, and then after that, who was next? Um, Brad, oh no, Monte was episode 10, who's not with us yet, but he's coming. Um, and then our <clears throat> friend Jeff Shaw was for Lucky 13. What's up, Jeff? That's my lucky number. It's great to see you guys again. What's up, Jay? What's up, everybody? I, can't, I didn't know it was episode 13. That's incredible. All episode right. 13, man. Uh, Is this working? What's up, Corella Gracie? Hey. Oh, Corella Gracie in the house. <laughs> uh, so, so it's all working fine, right? Yeah, you look good. You look great, cool. man. Nice hair. Um, also going to be joining us, Nelson Puentes from Inverted Gear, but who's, who's in the running for most podcast episodes with Brad. Um, Rich McKeegan, our boy, Rich McKeegan, the Scarecrow, episode 77. You were I'll so take that number. 77. Like that. Oh, Great there he is. <laughs> What's up, Rich? How you doing, guys? Nice to see awesome, you today. man. Good to see your face, brother. So we're all trapped, like, uh, like okay. in the thing. And I feel like Jeff Shaw started this whole thing, man, up in Seattle. Like this, what ha- what ha- what's going on in Bellingham, oh. man? How are you doing? Oh, you mean, you mean the coronavirus? Yeah. yeah. Like, did it start with you? As the great Kurt Cobain once said. There's a virus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. it's, nothing, it's nothing to worry about. It goes away if you hang with your friends. Like, just keep playing and everything will be fine. I heard Perfect. the only cure is more cowbell. <laughs> So that's uh, so I'm uh, as, as the great Kurt Cobain also from Seattle said, everything's my fault. I'll take all the blame. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, it's crazy up here, man. It's crazy up here. We shut down our Academy before most everybody. We were one, one of the first and it's kind of a ghost town up here in Washington. It's sort of a bummer. I've kept myself sane and for a relative value of sane is I have one training partner and we do daily live streams twice a day where I just show a move on him <laughs> <laughs> and then I ask everybody in the internet land if they have any questions. Dude, it's amazing. Like, I, I think we're all trying to think of creative ways, like not only to share, you know what I mean? Bec- because it's important to try to kind of, our members want to keep our business running, right? Like, and they, they're, they're super devoted and uh, we want to give value back to them too, right? So we're all thinking of like creative ways to do that. And even more than that, to stay connected with our jujitsu brothers and sisters around the world. Like right now I feel, you know, I love my wife. I like hanging out with her, but I miss you guys. Like I miss getting on the mat with people, getting choked, choking, like sweating, like laughing, crying, hating, loving, you know, everything about the mat that I've done for the last 20 years of my life. 
And so we're just thinking of ways to kind of keep that alive right now, right? Dude, you want to know what's funny? I don't miss you, Jay, because the last (laughs) few times I saw you, you were getting ready for pans and you whooped me. Don't you don't you worry, I've gained about ten pounds and about fifty percent happiness back. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Billy Pete, man, what's going on? What's going on down there in Philadelphia? Uh pretty much everything shut down. Um there was some talk about the governor uh bringing the National Guard out <clears throat> and enforcing a curfew, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Um our academy's been closed for a couple weeks now. Uh, same as everybody else's, and uh, pretty much told to get some reports caught up on from home, and if anything crazy happens, they'll call us in, but otherwise uh, working remotely. So that's it. I, uh, we moved. I, uh, I turned the garage into a gym, so I have, you know, like a gym to work out at least, and um, I haven't trained jiu-jitsu in a while because the new job, new house, new schedule, it's just trying to, you know, get my groove back again, so. You look fit, though, man. You look super skinny. Oh, shit. Sorry, man. My bad. You know how big that is? You just blocked out all the light in the room right there. <laughs> hey, uh, question, question for you. Um, some people, you know, in New Hampshire are talking about how, you know, mobilizing National Guard and stuff like that. What do you think about, like, do you think uh, law enforcement and even, you know, like uh, government military is going to get more involved in this quarantine thing? Like, what are you thinking? Like, I know this stuff you can't talk about, but what do you think? I, uh, I honestly don't think it's as bad as the media is hyping it up to be. Um, I haven't really done anything different. My family hasn't done anything different. We're just kind of going about our business. I mean, that was my son, by the way. Sorry. I'm in, my computer's in the kitchen. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I mean, good hygiene, no matter what, anyway. So, um, like I said, nothing really has been crazy here. I think the panic is going to cause more of a problem than anything. Um, we went went around today trying to find toilet paper. It's like you can't find toilet. It's like this the dumbest thing. What is the? Why is toilet paper the thing? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I heard you could use corn cobs after you ate them. <laughs> I have a day to change your life. Yeah, can we? And you can't find like the stupidest basic things. And uh, I honestly, I don't think it's going to be as bad as it's being made out to be. I hope it's not. Uh, it's it's just weird, you know, all the overreacting restrictions that are being put in place. It's just it, everything's eerie. You know what I mean? It's kind of eerie how everything's happening. Well, I mean, is it kind of sit there and take a look at what was happening to Italy and kind of hopefully gauge ourselves from that. I mean, I, I don't know. I saw a quote or someone put up a meme and it was like, uh, no matter if we do everything correctly and everything smooths out, it's like, we'll never know if we did it, you know, if we were overreacting or whatnot. But if we don't do anything and it turns sour, it's like, we're definitely going to see, you know, the negative effects. What's your take on that? Um, the, the worst thing I could see happening is the panic gets so bad and people get so desperate because you can't find basic necessities that people are going to start looting stores and, you know, like all the civil unrest shit's going to start. And uh, obviously they would get us involved, I'm, I'm sure, at that point. Um, I don't even, I mean, Philly's not even really 
not even really going crazy. And I think like for us, we're about 25 minutes outside of the city now. Um, I think the, the benchmark's going to be Philly. If Philly starts going nuts, it's going to start spreading outside. But um, I, I think the, uh, I think the panic and the inability to find basic necessities is going to cause people to panic even more. And I think that's where the issues are going to start. So hopefully it stops before it gets that far. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, there's a handful of people that we work with that we're being told tested positive for it. But I mean, we were all sick about five, six weeks before they even started talking about it. Went through the whole family <laughs> four or five days, no fever or nothing. Just, it seemed like a bug that was going around and everybody's been fine ever since then. So I don't know what, you know, I don't, I don't know if that was it or not because none of us went to the doctor. It's interesting. I think there's a, there's a combination of things that are happening, right? The reality of what's happening, you know, definitely people are getting sick. Definitely there's some spread. Definitely, you know, people are dying and there's a demographic of that and, and some statistics surrounding that. But also the, the media is creating something that is driving people to kind of react in certain ways. And I think that's a totally different topic, right? Like the kind of the hysteria of the entire thing and people kind of reacting, from the heart, you know what I mean? Instead of, oh, Monta's in the house. Monte! Um, Monte! Bradley, how are things in Connecticut? Pretty scary down here, man. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm living in like a different world than a lot of you guys, but it's uh, it's bad here. It's really bad. I mean, I'm not – I'm only about an hour and ten minutes from New York City, and there's like been – it's just every day it's like the cases are doubling and doubling and it's getting, uh, I have friends that are ER docs here, students and stuff. And they're, uh, giving me really kind of scary news and scary information every day. And you're, I think you're right. A lot of what you guys are saying is totally right on that. The, the media is totally like, you know, like they always do causing a free, causing everybody to really panic and, and really creating a lot of hysteria. But I think a lot of it, you know, I, I have a lot of friends in Europe right now in Italy, especially, um, and it's, it's fucking crazy over there. Like, you know, entire villages and areas are getting wiped out and it's not just like, you know, again, it is, you're right, an older demographic for sure. And maybe we are all overreacting and God, I hope I really like, you know, hope that that's the case, man, but it's, uh, it's pretty scary down here. We've been, you know, I've literally been like, and I, you know, I live alone with the dog. So I've been doing like the social distancing thing with like my friends and, and, you know, taking walks with people and, and trying to spend as much time outside as I can. But it's, uh, it's, it's kind of crazy down here. It's really eerie. You got your boy with you right now, though. Yeah, my homie's here. He's good. He's coming right here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A little tea. Carla, what's going on in Indiana? Well, you know, we're, so we're kind of uh, – we're about a week behind you guys on just about everything. Um, you know, we, we honestly heard about – uh, the weather's cold, man. It's cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> um, I'm wearing a hoodie inside the house. It's cold. <laughs> um, no, we, uh, you know, we kind of saw the reports coming in. You know, uh, I have friends all over the world, and, and we saw it happening. We never thought it was going to get as bad. I think that's kind of what everybody thought. Um, and then, you know, the cases in Washington started, like, peaking. We started paying more attention to it, you know, we're always on the assumption, hey, it's going to be stopped. It's not as not that bad. And then we start seeing it in the East Coast, you know, in New York, New Jersey. You know, I saw Brad posting stuff 
And basically, I think about two or three days after Brett closed his school, uh, at one of my one of my black belts is a doctor, a really big doctor here in the area. Um, he called me and he's like, "You need to shut down ASAP." And and I was like, "Really?" But there's like no cases in Indiana. He goes, "There's going to be," and I'm like, "No, no way." And he's like, "I'm telling you, he's like, you need to shut down tonight." This is like a Wednesday night, I think. And uh, Thursday morning, uh, we had like two two cases, two positive cases, and then. Now I think we're in the hundreds. I don't think we're quite as bad as as some of the the coasts, but we're we're definitely getting there. Yeah, we're kind of the epicenter out here in Washington, and we did a similar thing. One of the things that convinced me, I think we were the first academy in Washington to shut down, and one of the things that convinced me we needed to do it is Sam Harris did this podcast with an epidemiologist who said, if you shut down when the first case hits your immediate circle, it's too late because that person has already had the opportunity to infect you in your immediate circle. And we probably have 70 people on the mats every day. And so in close quarters. And so this guy said, when the first case hits your town and preventative closure is way better than like after the horse has left the barn. And so we just felt that that was, so the first case hit Whatcom County and, uh, our case is real similar to what it sounds like it's going on in Connecticut. It's been doubling every day. And so yeah. at first, you know, at first I like, I, I, me and Jay Ivanovich, who's a friend of mine, trains down at Framework. He's another guy who moved out here from North Carolina. We were, at first, we were like, oh man, everybody's overreacting. Then we saw what was happening in Italy. And then I listened to that podcast and talked to my friend Miha Perhavitz, who was like, yeah, Slovenia, where he's from, is right on North Italy. And I was like, yeah, man, maybe I should shut down. <laughs> first case, it's Whatcom. And Whatcom is the county we live in. And we did it. And then every day it was Dublin. And three or four days later, other academies started to shut down. And then the governor declared a state of emergency. And now basically all the restaurants and bars are closed. And yeah. And so um, somebody said earlier, like, I I really, I think everybody, I mean, I really hope we look back on this and, and it looks like an overreaction. Because like if we overreact, I would way rather overreact and like prevent a catastrophic outcome and look back and be like, hi, you remember when we were worried about that thing and we didn't train for like eight weeks and everybody went crazy and now everything's fine. I'd way rather have that happen than like not be able to train for 18 months or whatever, uh, just to throw out a number. Pandas, what's going on? Hey, greetings from Pennsylvania. How are you guys hey, doing? Gio. Yo. What's up? How are you guys doing there? We're doing good. We've been hunkering down for a while. Um, yeah. Since we are so close to New York, it seems to be um, some people took like a, a weekend trip to New York and brought the, the corona back to the school system. So they had to like shut down what, about a week, two weeks ago now? Yeah, they shut down the schools last week. And then it was like every like couple hours, the governor was giving us updates. Like All the businesses the, shut all down. All the businesses shut down. Restaurants are takeout only. And then it's like, only only like grocery stores are open only like er's are open <laughs> people are mad they close the liquor stores like i actually had just like a, a regular checkup why last would they week. do that why would they do that i know new york is like no nah, they're essential business actually explain to me it's like a good idea of not closing nah. out package stores was that for all the people, they're like alcoholics and they would go into, you know, some real health issues would be impacting the hospitals. So they're keeping them open. That's why Connecticut's still doing the, uh, you can buy liquor, you can buy it at the restaurants and stuff, have it delivered. So some people are having a better time with it. 
Yeah, they have a takeout liquor here in uh, New Hampshire now, which is great. You can oh, really? buy, buy beers yeah. with your uh, with your Chinese food. It's nice. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I haven't heard about this. Send me a link, Riddler. Oh, anybody yeah, can. Anybody there. can. You, anybody will sell you takeout liquor. They just made it legal. I got enough mascot that last me through the apocalypse here. So. Oh, that's not fair, oh, man. That's dirty yeah, pool right there, bro. Oh my god! I don't have any other liquor in my house. That's cold, man. That's cold. Hey, welcome to our friend Monte from LA. What's how's it going in LA, man? Hello, gentlemen. How are you? How are you guys doing? Doing well, Monte. Good, Good to see your face, brother. Man, uh, in LA, it's just gotten it's just got serious about this week. Um, we have pretty much everything's closed down. Um, the only thing that's open is um, the markets. The um, there was like a furniture store open. I don't know how that's open, but. Uh, doctor's office. Pretty much, we're on, pretty much on lockdown too, man. Pandas, did I hear you can't even ship stuff? UPS, like UPS, won't pick up stuff. Yeah, UPS was like, we're not picking stuff up anymore. What? Yeah. What the hell, man? Those guys are driving up and down my road like three times a week. <laughs> or, yeah, the local guys were like, no. Yeah, I it's think that, like, they're only supposed to. Isn't only documents and like medical supplies now that are supposed to be shipped out. Yeah, like Amazon is like kind of cutting down on a bunch of like non-essential items or whatever. But yeah, it's getting a little bro. Crazy. In what and universe are geese non-essential? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they need their geese. I get emails about this all the time. It's like I'm getting promoted on Friday. It's Thursday night, and a gee, I need a gee. <laughs> right, I need a fly gee. Get it to me. Gotta look good. Gotta look good. One of my guys who moved here from out of the area, he moved here as a four-strap blue belt, was supposed to get his purple at a ceremony in March at his home gym. And so a week before he was supposed to get his purple, it all shut down. And now he's like six hours away from his promotion ceremony. It's jujitsu, bro. You got to wait. No, right? Exactly. I was like, it builds, I was like, it builds character. I was like, it builds character. The virus knows. The virus knows. Oh, you got to wait. Oh, oh, man. Damn, Brad, you've changed. Uh, this is isolation, man. It's so lonely over here, you know. Yeah, Are you guys? How bad it is for the high school students while you're out there? Students. What's up? Imagine how bad it is for the high school students and college students that are supposed to graduate this year. Oh, they probably oh, over yeah. for the fall, dude. My, Come on, Pete. We're three, talking about three fours my gym. Not good. We're talking about important stuff, Pete. Like jujitsu, like education. Who gives a shit? My boy Andrew Bittner, who is a fast three-strike brown belt out at Gracie Raleigh, he had his wedding today. They had to live stream the wedding. The only oh. people there were he, the bride, and the... Uh, Try to save some money, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Everything. Uh, I was telling these guys earlier, uh, a Philly SWAT guy was uh, killed last week um, serving a homicide warrant. His funeral was supposed to be yesterday. Jeez. And they had to cancel the funeral, so he they couldn't even have a funeral for him. It's super tough, man. It's crazy. Really sorry to hear that. I hate hearing that news. No, um, regardless whether it's a friend of a friend or any time, right? It's, it's terrible. News. On on a um, on a more positive note, can we can we just talk about um, what the community has done? You know, like usually, you know, everybody talks about like there's no ego in jujitsu, and we you know we cross train and and it's gotten so much better than it used to be but i think you know in in about two and a half to three week period that has very drastically changed to where everybody's really truly helping each other out through yeah, one of the videos big, yeah, one of the big one know. of the biggest things i'm seeing is that um 
there's like a lot of discounts online, especially like with BJJ fanatics. And also there's a lot of people that's posting like other, um, like, uh, open instructional sections. So sections, so they can just be able to have that, um, that instruction while they're, while they're stuck in the house. Right. Right. And I think everybody's doing that across the country. I mean, probably around the world, but I can see it a lot here in America, you know, it's Definitely. pretty cool to see that. It is cool. Like I, I, I especially think of, um, you know, engines that are regularly pretty revenue generating, like people that have DVDs out there that make money that they sell for like good money out there. Like Bernardo Faria is doing a great job. I, I'm going to call him out. Like he's not part of my thing and he's out there pretty much giving free instructionals out there for people to go yeah. download because they can't get on the mats because they're all, we're all maniacs, right? Like I don't know what to do with myself when I'm not on the mat. You know, Roberto used to say, he's like, hey, people like to train, but you need to train. You know what I mean? And here we are all stuck in our houses on the, you know, on our computers. This is the best we can, this is the best situation we can possibly have with jujitsu. And I'm like, I can't wait to do it because I'm going crazy. Yeah, but the cool yeah, thing is, uh, like, think about, it's like people that don't have jujitsu and don't have this community, what are they doing right now? They're just sitting at home, you know? At least we can sit yeah, there and jump on the computer with you guys. Hopefully they're they're learning to, you know, their lefts from rights and how to wash their hands. That'll be a good start. But neither here nor there. <laughs> I'm just I'm just learning you can't heel hook a dog. Their knees go the wrong way. So I need some training partners other than my dog is not having it. Your, do- your dogs have legs that are this long, Jeff. Yeah, yeah I got a stubby little basset hound Dusty Rhodes is his name. And it's like, yeah, I, I can't heel hook him. He no sells it like the Undertaker. He's just like sits up. It's like what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing you going in for the for the Ashigurami on the on the Basset Hound. <laughs> oh my god! Are you guys talking about dogs? Yeah, this guy. <laughs> oh, that's an awesome dog. Oh, He's nice dog. Oh, buddy. Pretty. Why are you guys still here? Why are you guys here all the time? <laughs> Getting all the pets though. Getting my dude is just like. So lazy right now. You're gonna, make, you're gonna make me go get the power. Yeah, uh, Leo, Leo's not around, so he needs to rest. Yeah, get Leo's, ready for Leo's tomorrow. He's like, "Why are you guys so loud?" <laughs> Pete's How got is, uh, pet ducks. How has been the reaction with your students? It's like with the shutdown for all of you guys. It's like we've had some great support. I sat there and it's like. Uh, made phone calls to almost all of our students I could get a hold of. And what's been the reaction from you guys? Our academy, we have a, uh, we have a group chat at Facebook where we're just checking on each other, seeing how each other are doing. And just recently, we just had a recent text that's saying that um, a couple in our academy just had a baby today. Oh, that's awesome. That's great news. It's amazing. I got a question for you guys. So, I mean, everybody, the funny thing is everybody's all down at the same time right now, right? Like nobody's training, right? What was well, like, hold on. <laughs> well, there, there are some very shady people that I know of in the Midwest that are currently open against government ordinance. I understand. And they're getting like, but, but we're not talking about them. Go on. I just mean in, in general, <laughs> obviously I know what you're saying, but, uh, but in general, so like outside of this, what was the longest time that you were ever out? You ever been out this uh, long? I've been out a year. I've been, not, I, I've, I've been out for a month. Three months for me with my knee. That's it. 
I was out Man, I, eight weeks after uh, ACL surgery. <laughs> Man, I, uh, I went on my honeymoon, and I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I took a fourteen-day honeymoon, and uh, I think the seventh day in, I took one of the guys at the resort, and I, I kind of grappled with him, and I showed him some stuff because he was interested, and you know, I taught him jujitsu so I could do jujitsu in my honeymoon. Right. <laughs> You know, the funny thing is it's, it's, we're, we're so conditioned to train all the time. You know what I mean? And we're in a position where we can't do it. And the inclination to, and I'll be honest, like George will tell you, like you know, <laughs> the thing originally came out, we're like, Hey, we gotta, you know, everybody's shutting down, but we'll have some training sessions here and there. Like, but the reality set in and it's like, no man, that can't happen. And so now you're left with your own devices and it's like uh, things that seem stupid before, like, you know, you know, solo jujitsu drills or, you know, teach your wife jujitsu, which by the way, if you guys want to figure out how to get stabbed in the neck, (laughs) one way of training, you know what I mean? Like, but it's, we, we can take anything we can get right now. And it's like, it's kind of part of why I think we're, we're all together here is to, you know, kind of share our misery, but also our hope on, uh, you know, a forum where we can get together with friends and, you know, kind of let you guys know, like, I'm thinking about George, I look at you and I would love my arm racked around your neck. <laughs> um, that would be cool. <laughs> Wait, I, I don't miss you, Jay, at all. Not at all. The, the thing I was so I think about is the people that have academies that where the, the academy is the main source of income, like how long I worry how long they're going to be able to sustain that, you know, like the rent. And, um, you know, if this goes into a really extended period of time, I mean, I, I'd hate to see yeah. a lot of academies closed down because, you know, the landlord in the building, <clears throat> you know, put them out because they missed rent for three months or whatever. I mean, I, I think if it goes to a certain point, it's going to start to snowball. And I'm, uh, I'm yeah, curious think, how, you know, how everybody's going to help each other out of that. I think when what this is, is all said and over where we would lose about 20 to 25% of these schools countrywide, I, I would say they would end up shutting down for, yeah, for more sure. than about eight weeks. Is a lot of parents are already used to taking their kids out. Of oh, yeah. a lot of times, a lot of schools depend on that kids program for you know pay the bills. Because sometimes the kids programs is more than the actual adults. Like I know at our academy, we have we have more kids than we do adults. And I remember when the when the announcement was first made, it went from like maybe I think about thirty kids on the mat to like about all you see is just like four kids on the mat. So that that kid that kid portion is a big is a big portion of the income. It's huge, and, and I think, you know, a lot of academies look at kids like, you know what I mean, we should, that a healthy academy should be able to pay their monthly, you know, dues based on the membership they have from kids, you know what I mean? And by the way, everyone that I've talked to has lost, a, you know, a huge amount of, um, whether it's, you know, frozen memberships or cancellations, and most of it's kids, because parents... And it's not their fault. It's not their fault. They're trying to keep their kids safe and that's what they want to do. You know, but we, as school owners, we, we think about things a little bit differently as every, as any business owner that 
provides a value to the community, you know, we we're asking them right now, like we give so much back. We go and coach at tournaments. You know what I mean? The hours on the mat are nothing, you know, times that by three. That's what we really provide to our students. You know what I mean? We're going to tournaments and we're coaching them. If they're graduating from colleges, we're going to their college graduations and we're going to their, you know, meeting with their parents and having like, Hey, your kids enrolled here. Let's have dinner and talk about what jujitsu really is. So you don't feel like, you know what I mean? It's a lot of investment. And of course we're asking them to keep their memberships current so that these businesses can survive. But like also people are coming up with really creative ways to provide value back, like free, you know, privates after you open back. That's a simple one. You know what I mean? Like those types of things, like it's, it's important. We're relying on people, like people need to rely on each other right now. And it's, yeah. we've actually had three black belts from out of state all offer to come to Connecticut and do free seminars for the students that stick with us through this already, you know, and that's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's really soon in this whole thing. I'm sure there's going to be so many more that are stepping up. It's like, I'm sure all of you would do the same thing to another Academy as myself. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Not only that, I'll come, I'll come to that. So those seminars, you, you know, I'll, I'll pay and show up to those seminars. One of the other cool things that I noticed people doing, the Grappler's Guide is doing a fundraiser for jujitsu academies in Maine. Yeah, it's cool, Jay. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, he's, he's putting like in like 10 grand of his own money, which is super cool. And like, it's awesome to see people come together like yeah. that. Out here, we have guys that are doing some similar stuff to what you described. Like, we're all going to do seminars at each other's gyms for academies that are in trouble. And uh, one of the things that, that I, I decided to do, and I actually, my brain's a little fried because I've been filming for eight hours today. I just filmed an Omoplata instructional that is the thing that I'm giving to all of our academy members as like a thank you for sticking with us and a sort of a way to keep them engaged. But I'm also thinking if I do make, if I do sell it, I'm, I'm not going to keep any of the proceeds. I want to put it in a fund for like a lot of our schools, like two or three academy owners that are super awesome community members here in Washington state just opened their academies in the last year. And see, so there's like fledgling academies where it's like you put in four months and you build out the academy you want, you're open for two months and it's awesome. And then suddenly there's a global pandemic. And it's one of those things where we all have to come together. Cause like, you know, the more people doing jujitsu, a healthy jujitsu community benefits all of us really. Especially Jeff, because you, because in Washington you guys have like a, um, a a lot of those new academies. You have a lot of new academies in Washington, so it's almost kind of like you just help each other build each other up. Dude, exactly, exactly. I mean, like the, I'm a big rising tide lifts all boats guy, and like you know we don't, you know, and, and so we do. Like in Bellingham, we were the first, like in the town that I live in in Whatcom County, we were the first jujitsu only academy, and you'd have to, you know, we. There are, and there are a bunch that are springing up now. It's definitely growing. But, like, we've had some really amazing school owners open. But, like, Cindy Hales just opened six months ago. Hillary Van Ornum down in Portland opened 10 months ago. And it's, like, and it's not, it's, not, it's not your fault. It's just bad timing. But it's, like, man, I take this opportunity to try to realize my dream and spread jujitsu. And, and suddenly these folks are, like, yeah, I just opened my beautiful new academy. And now everybody's scared of this deadly virus. So how's, how's things at Soulcraft, Brad? For now, copacetic, uh, we've had, you know, same, same thing as Rich was saying, everyone's been, you know, Rob and, and uh, Rich and Jay and a lot of you guys in the community here, we kind of all have had like a, a instructor kind of group for a while talking about a lot of this stuff, but uh, so far my members are, are all, you know, I haven't had any, any cancellations, everyone's like being supportive and great, you know, again, as things drag on, I'm sure as 
you know, people aren't working or people are losing income, that uh, that's going to get tougher. So, I'm, you know, thankfully I've been able to, to put a bunch of money aside for the last 10 years. And, you know, I'm going to hope, I'm going to guess hopefully unless it extends past like six months or a year or something that we're going to be, we're going to be okay. But, um, yeah, man, it's, it's scary, you know, and I think as the months drag on, it's definitely going to get scarier and just kind of, you know, working a lot this week on like, you know, sort of a, a brainstorming things that we can do to sort of generate revenue in the short term and, you know, work, work on that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for sure. You guys are doing a cool uh, like video thing of all kinds of people in Connecticut filming classes. Yeah. So Greg and I kind of had this idea to like, uh, just kind of do that and have everyone put something up every day. And we kind of made a schedule and we have like a shitload of instructors from all over the state and Croiler and a few other guys have been like, I'll, I'll help. And so it's awesome. Um, so far people seem to be really receptive to that. I mean, I just had knee surgery two weeks ago, so I don't know how much I'm able to do right now. Plus I don't have anyone in the house with me. So, um, you know, I don't know if it's a tough sell to get someone to come out of uh, hibernation to like, you know, or they want, I want to be that close to somebody at this point either. But, uh, yeah, man, but it's been good. Like a ton of people from around the state are putting up like content or sharing videos they had made a while ago, or you know, just uh, are, are pitching in and adding stuff. So people have stuff to kind of study and look at while they're while they're uh, you know in their house. Yeah, I mean, we're we're all focused on the jujitsu experience, and obviously, there's a lot of people here who own schools and a lot of instructors. Obviously, you're all you're all instructors. So, but I think this affects anybody who's in you know the events business. You know, you know, I'm a musician, right? right. All of a sudden, uh, my trip is gone. Business. It's, it's just <laughs> done. It's just yeah. stop, right? So, and and the way you get people involved in your recordings and the other things you do is by playing in front of them live. So that's done. But even just looking at look like, you know, grappling industries and all the different uh, events that, uh, you know, that, that, that are involved in jiu-jitsu. I think the idea that we're doing what we're doing right now is the new radio. I think this is how this works. I think this is like when email came along and it changed how everybody talked to each other. This kind of streaming from one place to another. I mean, after, after the, uh, the, the crisis is over, this isn't going anywhere. And I like what's happened here. I like the idea that, you know, there's another way of connecting like in real time. And I like, I'm watching some of the people that are watching what we're doing and I'm answering some of their questions and stuff too. So this is pretty cool. And, uh, do they have any questions for us? Uh, no, they're all just being sarcastic. So, <laughs> but I told, if you I ask them you. right, try it, try it out. Ask them right now to ask some questions and maybe they'll do it. I you told, know? uh, I told Gary, he should, he should just join in as well. Oh boy. <laughs> hey Riddler, I got a question. I got a question for you, Riddler. Yes. Can you can you put yourself back on the uh, on the screen there real quick? Yes, I can. Actually, your screen is that, just going to show whoever's talking right now. Is that a medium or a small size T-shirt? This one, it's an extra large, <laughs> extra large baby. The small, I was thinking, small. man, like Riddler is shredded right now. What are you talking about? Look at all this. Look, it's hanging off me. I'm oh. skinny. <laughs> Nelson, how's Leo doing? Leo just woke up. I like to point out that was George Yo. changing the subject. <laughs> so back to video conferencing real quick. Uh, one of the local academies has been doing uh, like a class hangout and there is not jujitsu related. They're using an app. I think it's called house party. That's and okay. it has like, a bunch of like I'm gonna, games. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. So 
like, you know, you just keep the sense of community of the Academy and like people are logging in and you're just playing games on this app or like, you know, at the time they usually hang out with these people anyway, but they can't do jujitsu right now. But, you know, I think there's like trivia games, karaoke, whatever. And like people like, you know, the guys from the Academy is hanging out on this app. But that was pretty funny. What's it called? I think it's called House Party. House Party. My favorite. Yeah. Kid and play. Kid and play. Yeah. You know, Play is now a, uh, a college professor at North, North Carolina Central University. Yeah, pretty awesome. Don't, don't sleep on Jeff with the uh, deep rap knowledge, all right? Don't sleep on Shaw. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 uh, I am a bit of a, a rap nerd, but I love it. Um, yeah, what's up? Excellent. So, yeah, like our, our student, like we've been doing live streams twice a day. And obviously it's just me and one dude in the in the academy at the time, but we have folks chat questions and sometimes they're sarcastic too but uh but it's been a cool little interactive thing we probably have 20 to 25 people all sort of asking questions it's a way to keep people connected um and uh, i'm really I, I actually this is inspiring me i'm gonna try to just get us all to do like a zoom video conference just because seeing people's different right like you can't it's awesome right it is it's amazing you'll be able to look into human eyes and just see the face of somebody and gauge their reaction. This was like, I'm talking into this pin prick. <laughs> and, and I have no idea what anybody... Did you just call me a prick? I call George a prick. It's an easy... Uh, it's, it's totally fine, then. <laughs> You're probably right. It's pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> oh, Gary. Gary's in, the, Gary's in the building. Gary. I need, I need Gary to lean forward a little bit so I can see if there's a hole in his shirt. Or nothing. <laughs> Come on, go put on the... Go put on the rash guard. Oh, put on the rash guard. Gary's in the My rash guard? Yeah. Let me see. Oh, he's going to go put on the rash guard. Guys, guys, try, try, to go, try to go one at a time or people won't. You can't hear what you're saying. No, I no, think sorry. somebody's listening to it. As like oh, it's going to be Gary. Hold on. Let me get him. Who brought him in? I got him. I got him. Keep oh, going. There you go. I can. Uh, I'll take care of this sound. Oh. Hey, uh, can we? Can I ask Andrea if she has anything she'd like to say? <laughs> Andrea, what's up? I am not. <laughs> what, have, what have you been doing? Did we do jujitsu today, you and I? Did we wrestle? Yeah. We did. <laughs> what, have, what have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> This is the greatest thing ever. Can, can someone who makes rash guards send Gary a rash guard? Can you send this guy a rash guard? Spot to this gentleman, T.O., what's up? Gary, an address. I've got to be there. You might be asking yourselves how I found this so quickly. I had to take it out of that velvet case that was in. Everybody stop talking for a second. Let Gary talk, and everyone who's watching will be able to see him. I'm going to mute out. Everybody, everybody, stop talking for a second. Let Gary talk, and everyone who's watching will be able to see him. I'm gonna mute out. There you go. All right. This is all delayed. I don't know what's happening. Uh, cool, Gary. Turn your uh, turn the Facebook off. Just watch the Zoom. You'll be all set. Oh, there it is. Turn Facebook. Right. Yeah, you're all uh, set. Cool, Gary. Turn your. Uh, turn the all right, I'm gonna mute you, Gary, just Please. for a sec. Oh, okay, is. we'll catch him up. Uh, he'll get it in a sec there. All right, I'm gonna be there. You go. All right. Felt like it was in a timer there. Yeah. So Gary's a little Flintstones. Um, yeah. 
So we'll give him a pass until he figures out the technology. There he is. I knew exactly where this was. It was in the red velvet case of important things in my life. Ooh, look at that. Yeah, I haven't worn it in a while. Size, uh, appropriate size nipples and all. Yeah. Maybe someone could uh, explain who Gary is, because the people who are we watching have no idea who that is. I know Gary is. International man of mystery. Oh, man. Monte, lay it down. Tell us who Gary is. <laughs> he, trains, he trains with you. I know. I don't want to take responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> he had that rash guard on the first time I met him. And, uh, <laughs> it already had the holes, right? It's the only thing I'm always going to remember about him. <laughs> Dude. Face, I think of that rash guard. Pete, he was there. He had that rash guard on during the Jared seminar. He also did it for with with Howder when he was here. I had another rash guard on over this the second time Jared came, and he looked at me, and his face just dropped, and he was sad. And then I took that rash guard off, and he was got very excited. <laughs> you should keep it; it gives you character. Yeah, no. nothing else does. One of my instructors ju- uh, just posted a picture of himself at 14 years old uh, doing karate. And he has like the classic, like long karate belt. He's rocking a mullet. He's totally out of shape. He's smiling with the confidence that only a 14 year old who does karate can have. And I'm getting that made into a fully sublimated rash guard. So for his birthday, I'm going to send it to him. It's just like him right on it. I'm probably going to get like 10 for my students just the next time for a seminar where they can all be rocking it. Nice. It's not James Foster, is it? No, no, although I should get one with Foster's face on it. That would be incredible. Now, Professor James and I just talked yesterday. I did a podcast with him that's going to come out soon. But uh, no, he's, he's not my instructor. He's just an awesome guy who's out here. Totally awesome guy, though. Jay, what were you going to say? Honestly, I was like, it sounds like a stupid question. But... Uh, where did, where did this start, this whole, like, super thick, super long belt with other martial arts? Like, coming up in jiu-jitsu, like, we never cared. Like, even, even if you look back, Croiler, no offense. Like, even Gracie family members had, like, little blue belts that had, like, two inches on either side. You know what I mean? Like, try, like but these guys have these four-inch thick black belts. I don't even know what a gold stripe is on a black belt. Maybe that's a thing in like Taekwondo or whatever, like, but they're on both sides and you know what I mean? They're like these gigantic and they're three feet long. They're almost touching the floor. Where did that come from? My only theory is I think in like the spinny kicky martial arts, it looks badass. If you do like a spinning kick and your long ass belt or your long belt is like flying in the air and stuff. It's my, that's my only theory. I mean, grappling, you know, sure. somebody do, do terrible Maybe things. It's ceremonial. I think it might be ceremonial too. You know, a lot of these martial arts are, ancient you know so it could just be a ceremonial thing it looks better i think it is ceremonial because i remember seeing something like that when i went to kyoto last year hey everybody looks like uh nelson and those guys need to take off so uh we want to say good night to those guys huh bye guys night, nelson. Night. 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 Night, good night nelson night. Night, Leo. <laughs> I don't know about the the belt thing. I mean, it's probably an extension from from some sort of other cultural, uh, you know, cultural uh, decoration on some kind of uniform. Or what do you think? Does anybody know any of the background from the movies? I bet. <laughs> I was thinking about no. a thousand years earlier, but I could be off too. Might have no, been Bruce I, Lee. Who knows? 
I honestly feel like, like Amanda is kind of on to the right idea. Like I think, you know, Croyler is definitely right that there's like some tradition there, but I think the the whole thick belt gold stripes, like the adornment, you know what I mean? I, I think that's an American thing. I, I don't think like, you know, I think if you went to, you know, Korea, China, Japan, Brazil, the origins of some of these arts that we study, uh, like, I don't think you find that. So, uh, Joseph Tran on, uh, Facebook says the gold stripes sometimes denote degrees of the black belt. Um, I'm not sure if you know this, this young man or not, but there you go. I know that's good information. That's good information. What's yeah. I know this is important. I know that in some, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, uh, just cause I got you all here. We're talking about movies. What's the best, greatest martial arts movie of all time? Bloodsport. I was going to say Bloodsport's pretty great too. Really? We actually had on the on the old Dirty Wild Radio, we had a 64 martial arts movie field where the listeners vote and had like a March Madness martial arts movie bracket. And the number one film was in fact Bloodsport. One of my homies taught a class on Bloodsport in English literature at Northwestern University as like. Well, what are the what are like what were the other like top five? Uh, the Last Dragon. Uh, Roadhouse. Oh shit! Roadhouse. Ah, yeah. I, I wouldn't even. Yeah, I don't even qualify that as a martial arts movie. Uh, Drunken Master Two was definitely one of the top five, which definitely. I think that was my pick. Damn, that's two. Like, yep. Yeah. Oh, are you looking my, at my, it? My, my, yeah. my favorite Crossing Tiger Hidden Dragon. Oh, it's a great one, one too. Great, awesome. Pete, what's your favorite? Steven Seagal, Hard to Kill. Seagal, <laughs> <laughs> oh, forgot about Seagal. Not Under Siege. <clears throat> nah, Hard to Kill for sure. What's the one? Even like, with the chick jumping out of the cake and everything. Yes. Hard to kill. Is that the train one? Yeah, that was under. No, hard to kill is the one where um, when he goes back to heel and they they uh, they he has the acupuncture stuff and, and he lights the uh, little cotton balls on the needles on fire. That's not the one with the Jamaicans, right? No, that's oh, no. The one with, uh, with that chick in it. Um, what's her name? Terry something. Yeah, he uh, trades up his, uh, his his jeep for the uh, the Brooklyn yeah. Mustang. Takes off. Uh, he comes out of the coma and he's got to come back from the coma. Uh, yeah, that's when he comes out of the coma. I might have to do like a deep dive into some Seagal films over this over this break. It's been a minute. Some of those Dude, can I, films are good. Can I get Can I get real with you guys for a minute? So this happened to me last night, literally. Uh, so I, the reason I, I blurted out blood sport and Brad, I knew you were going to say that because I think we've had this discussion surrounding margaritas in uh, nationally before, but, um, my best friend and I shared, like shared that movie. We saw that movie together when I was a kid and I lost him. Like I, like I'm, no, I'm sorry, man. And I'm I watched sorry, that yeah. movie. Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry too. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm <clears> like, <throat> you know, coming around to all these things and all these ideas, but. Watched that movie last night. That last night, Bloodsport was on, and I watched, and I was like, "Man, this movie is so Andreas in the room." Damn, man! <laughs> so very good. So Damn. very good. Damn, it's a it's an awesome flick. It sounds like yeah. Wow, there's a couple of people are uh, are on the on the internet uh, offering their versions of the best martial art films. We have uh, Ryan Ferguson with uh, Ip Man. Jinji uh, Zhu with uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Uh, Robert Zemicki, I guess. I don't know his last name with uh, Last Dragon. Mm, I don't know. I, I'm not going to call that one. 
Uh, and then uh, Joseph. Barry Gordy's last, last dragon, or just a regular last dragon? Uh, that's what I'm saying. It feels like a kind it's of a like really a, important distinction. A little bit of an air ball there. I'm throwing in Kill Bill. I'm sorry. I I, I love that. That's yeah. that's me. It's like <laughs> that's 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 my next favorite one. Kill Bill. I'm saying right. You gotta have some style. I mean, I love Bloodsport too. I'm not coming down on that. I'm not. But also, how about some comedy? How about Kung Pao? Enter the Fist. That's Best what I was bring up. Best cow fight ever. The guy takes out the cow in front of the waterfall. This, uh, Ryan, I, I'm going to throw, throw it out to, to Ryan Ferguson. It man is an awesome entry. That's yeah. What about, uh, what about, we go, go deep for a minute here. Brazilian brawl. They were that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have not seen this. I've not seen that. With the Machado brothers. Legit. Oh my God. It's called hey, Brazilian you, brawl. Do you ever see Kickboxer 4? There's a movie in Kickboxer 4. I think it, I can't, I'm trying to remember whether it was Higgin or Jean Jacques. Um, like, same guy, like, uh, you know, same storyline as, you know, the original Kickboxer with Jean Claude Van Damme, and it became a different guy over the time. Like, and in Kickboxer 4, one of the guys in the tournament was a Brazilian jiu jitsu fighter. I think it was Higgin or Jean Jacques. I can't remember. But, they're, but Brazilian Brawl, it's like they're like, they come back to like defend their uncle's farm or something, and these dudes attack, and then they like arm bar. It's badass. Super cheesy. So, awesome. Dude, I'm so making a note of this right yeah, now. Yeah, Brazilian Brawl, I believe, is what it's called. Yeah, Brazilian Brawl is incredible. Classic. <laughs> On the topic of, of like comedy martial arts movies, though, if y'all haven't seen Drunken Master 2, it's amazing. It's a yeah. Jackie Chan film. Jackie Chan, always worth watching. And it's Jackie Chan in his prime playing Wong Fei-Hung, who can only do his style when he's just housed. Hammered. The finale involves... He beats up a whole axe gang, a gang of people with axes. The finale involves him guzzling grain alcohol in order to get drunk enough to... To, yeah, it's incredible. It's martial arts comedy at its finest. I think you got to put in. Does, you got to put in the race. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Monte. Does anime movies movies count? Yeah, let's go with yes. Okay, uh, Ninja Scroll is the top one for me. Damn, that's good. And that's an old one. And then the recent, and then the recent Dragon Ball movie, uh, the Golden Freezer. I'm a, as a matter of fact, I'm going through Dragon Ball like right now, the whole season. <laughs> so that's like the one thing I'm doing right now. <laughs> haven't haven't you, seen it. Are you a Samurai Champloo guy? Are you a Samurai Champloo guy? Because I used to live in. I was I was at least live in Okinawa and Samurai Champloo. Like it's uh, it's awesome because it's kind of like a remix, and it's not really accurate in terms of Okinawan history. Uh, said the nerd, but like also just super awesome animation, super cool characters and uh, comedy. So it's all good. I got to throw in the Raid. Uh, the Raid Redemption is one of my my favorite. It's a serious movie. It's a lot more you know violent than the other ones there, but maybe not martial arts as much as just a great fighting movie. Uh, there's a couple of more people coming in from the internet. Uh, Ryan Ferguson's asking, how do you guys feel about... Oh, I don't know if I want to ask this. Come on, go uh, for it. You got to do it. All right. Well, we'll go two in a row then. Let's go back up. Uh, Joseph Trent said, how, uh, any of you guys uh, watch the new movie Art of Self-Defense? I, have, I don't know what he's talking about. Does anybody know what he's talking about? Yes. My man David Porter says it is the darkest thing ever, but hilarious. David Porter is one of really. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a very dark comedy. The art of self defense. Uh, and Ryan, all right, here we go, Ryan. Just for you, how do you guys feel about the new jujitsu movie starring Nicolas Cage coming out? And I'll take this off air. 
<laughs> I, I, I only done. endorse it if he uses jujitsu to steal the declaration <laughs> and protect it. Can it be worse than Red Belt? Or is that the other jujitsu movie? I think yeah, it's going to be worse than I'm that. I'm with I'm out. What was that, Croiler? I'm with Croiler. I think it's going to be worse Nick than Cage comes up, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, even the premise of the movie, like, come on. I don't know. I, I, I agree. I, I think in, in consideration of... Anytime, like someone's going to make a movie about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like or something people are passionate about, you know what I mean? It's like there's no way that this idiot is going to capture this. <laughs> I can't. Like, there just can be no way. I all I do is analyze all their techniques, and I'm like, oh, they're doing that wrong, and oh, like, but I'm so <laughs> yes. All I can do is like catch their mistakes the whole the whole time. He pulls oh, guard oh. At, while dodging a bullet. I'm in. <laughs> I mean, Kinu did a pretty good job. <clears throat> Kinu did a pretty good job in the uh, in the last movie. Eh, eh, eh. I like, I like. Come on, it's and a movie. It, it's not a documentary. I understand. I understand. But if you watch, if like, look, I, 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 like, I will defer to the man whose family invented the art as to whether Keanu Reeves really demonstrated excellent jujitsu in that movie. But in my opinion, like structurally it was like all wrong. Like I like, I know that they can't study and get everything perfect, but it's like, it. Like I, I'm so reminded of lethal weapon one. Yeah. But the dude finished in a triangle. That's not, that could be the first did, time I ever Lee saw Lee, Brazilian. Did, did Lorian, like do the choreography for lethal, lethal weapon. Yes, he did. That's but really it still cool. wasn't a good triangle. Kryler, what do you like? What do you think? Well, I think I think as far as like On modern movies go, you know, it, it's it's very hard to sell jujitsu. I mean, let me, let me pitch you guys a product, okay? You guys are going to walk into a store. You don't know anything about this product that I'm selling. You walk into this store, you see a bunch of grown, sweaty men, you know, all over, rubbing up all over, up and down each other. Listening. And then somebody had stopped and they reset <laughs> and they go again. And then you're not quite sure what happened and somebody says, Hey man, do this. It's a lot of fun. Like it's just, jujitsu is just not very aesthetically pleasing, you know? So how can you make a movie and make it look good? <clears throat> you can't. So you, you dramatize it, you know, you, you, you play it up to what it is like Keanu Reeves putting a triangle on and then shooting the guy in the head. <laughs> happens all the time. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. I like it. I have to say, I love the movies with jujitsu in it. Even though it's, they have to make it like look good, it's not real, so to say. Almost, Little tiny. Almost bit. like doing an improv act. I love right. it. Right. Right. It's like a rolling knee bar and then shooting the guy in the head, like behind <laughs> the back. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I like the crazy me, old kung fu ones the best, man. The more like flying around on wires, the better. Right. I was wondering about that. So I also like I've had nothing to do but watch martial arts movies. Uh, I actually I had a man. I don't know where to go. I have two part question. One is in uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like the way that they fly, like are clearly hung from wires, right? But it's stylistic. And I think that movies grabbed onto that side, even though at first it was a matter of physics, right? That they couldn't make them fly, you know, smoothly through the air that the way they wanted to, and it became a style after that. Don't you yeah, think? Yeah, because 
Yeah, because when the movie first came out, it was like super underrated, and people were just like, "How are they? How are they doing all this flying and stuff?" And then, like, like two years down the line, you see all these different martial arts movies just doing that same style and even elevating it to, like, to another level. Right. I, I like how there's like a connection to like wushu is very, uh, very operatic. It's very dramatic. You know, I mean, it's obviously parts of it are, are real and parts of it are, are usable, but a lot of it is, is stylized beyond just the, the, the practical. And I really like the way they took that and they brought it right up into the air. It's like a dream, but yeah, it's, it, it's tough watching it now. It, it, you can kind of, it doesn't feel smooth like it could be quite right. But at the time, you know, it was awesome. It, and it's still awesome. But uh, like my buddy Adam was like, hey, let's watch Crouching Tiger, Hagen Dragon. I'm like, you got to realize what you're settling in for. It's like not a very entertaining movie over three point whatever hours it is. Um, I got a big Warrior, dude. You ever seen Warrior? Yes. It's a killer. Oh, that's a killer movie. That was a good one. Have you, have you guys seen The Accountant? I saw that. With Ben Affleck. Uh, yeah. yeah. So so the fight scenes are super underrated because they're all shortened to the point. Like he doesn't knock somebody out and walk away. No, he like just kills them. Like there's no like dancing, it's not pretty, it's not this dramatic thing. Like he just he's like, I got this mission and he just kills people and moves on. And nobody talks about that movie on how the martial arts like as far as the martial arts go and the fighting goes, it's actually a pretty decent movie. But, you know, it's just not like, I'm not going to shoot you in the heel. You're going to drop to your knees and I'll shoot you in the shoulder. And then we're going to have this long fight. Like, <laughs> it was just like, no, just you're dead. And then we're moving on. I can't believe none of you guys brought up Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, that's a great one. Oh, I was on my way. It's the best. <laughs> I, re- I, re- I watched that maybe like a year and a half ago. And I hadn't seen it for like maybe 20 years. And I was like, ah, it still holds up. It's still so good. <laughs> Man, it's like so Chinese black magic. It's just badass. Like it's got everything. Have you paid your dues, George? <laughs> what do you do when a guy asks you, "Have you paid your dues?" <laughs> paid in full. The check is in the mail. <laughs> the check is in the mail. So I, I I got a question for you guys. So one of the other movies I've watched in the last couple of days is The Quest, which I thought was pretty cool, even though it was kind of. Jean-Claude Van Damme getting with Frank Dukes and kind of recreating Bloodsport in a single way. But, like, I thought it was a pretty cool movie. Um, uh, which made me think about Frank Dukes. And in the movie, they tote all these facts, right? And as we know in the Internet age, a lot of this stuff is BS. You know, like guys like George Dillman, like doing one-touch knockouts and all this stuff. And not, That stuff's not real? <laughs> I mean, right now it's probably the most partial, like practiced martial art in the world. Um, At least you don't get coronavirus from a no-touch martial art, Jay. <laughs> those guys are smart. Those they have fancy are- geese. They got yeah, fancy those, geese. Yeah, yeah, those guys are still training now. <laughs> right? Who's yeah, who's winning? But like, what do you think about like like uh, like Frank Dukes in particular? Like, what do you think? Like, has anybody done some research? Know about this guy? Like, was he a tough guy? Like. You know what I mean? Does anybody know about him? Troy Troy Pickering in a sauna session once told me he was debunked. That he was wow. not. Frank Dukes was not like as legit as. Uh, but I, that was just you know sauna talk. Oh, wasn't there one of those like uh, like Bullshito or one of those websites did a thing on him? I, watched I think that. so. Yeah. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a Bullshito YouTube about him. 
Oh, you guys think, are going to break Jay's heart, man. Come on, no, go I careful agree. here. No, it's okay. The movie is the movie. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm, I'm not attached to Frank Dukes by any means. In fact, like, what are we, what am I, like, what am I spending my time training in? Dude, you know what else is messed up? Nobody said enter the dragon. Well, it proves kind of like a George whole thing. Right. You know, you got to go up the, you got to go up the stairs and meet, and meet Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and shit. Like that's, that's a <laughs> whole thing. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. That's the game of death. Yeah. Hey, I was hey, doing, hey, dude! I was doing uh, the whole, yo, the yo, whole yo, yo, genre. Yo. Monte, tell, tell, for, uh, did you guys tell my boy that? he might need to mute out, like if he's not gonna come correct. Did you guys see that? Yeah, that's yeah, that's just that's disrespectful, uh, man. That's disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> the newest uh, Tarantino movie where they have that little bit that, that's supposed to be Bruce Lee and he gets in a fight with uh, Brad. Yeah, that was really good. It was really good. I watched it last the other night. I was like, damn, this is like. But they make Bruce Lee out to be like such a dick. What was it? Right. It's that new Tarantino movie out once upon a time in Hollywood or LA or whatever it's called. Oh, I did see that. Came out. It's really good. Yeah, it's a pretty entertaining movie. They make him out to be a real dick. Yeah. But the the actor did like do a great job. Like you great I job. really thought for a second it yeah, could it was for sure. it could have been him. For sure. Yeah, it was really well done. It made me th- have you guys heard about the story with uh Gene LaBelle and the Green Hornet thing? I've heard about oh, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've heard about it. Did, I, I don't know if it's truthful or not. Like, obviously, it's kind of like a hearsay thing, but it was kind of like a reproduction of that moment, don't you think? Yeah, I think that was the Yes. Yeah. That make, makes sense. Tell me the story, Jay, because I haven't seen the movie. All right, so here's, here's, here is the uh, – and you guys can jump in and, like, correct me if I'm if – I'm, like, but the theory is, and none of this is proven, obviously it's not factual, is that – Gene LaBelle was one of the fight choreographers on the Green Hornet. And Bruce Lee wanted one of the guys to take this kind of a strange fall. And uh, Gene LaBelle's like, my guys aren't going to do that. I'm not doing that. That's dangerous. And Bruce Lee was insistent upon it. And the uh, result was a fight in which uh, Gene LaBelle, like, I, I don't know if it was a choke or whatever, like, like, Beat up Bruce Lee. Now we're also talking about a guy that was like 225 pounds, 250 pounds as he got older. Bruce Lee was never more than 135, maybe. But the theory that and he was the theory is that the, the story goes that Gene LaBelle choked the shit out of Bruce Lee on the set of The Green Hornet. I I believe it. Because Bruce Lee, they, they say Bruce Lee was like a small guy. I believe. Apparently, the story about Gene LaBelle choking out uh, Steven Seagal is true. Apparently, I've never heard that story either. Watch out. There's some Seagal lovers here. All right. Wait for the end of the story. The end of the story is the best part. Yeah, and apparently it's true. I'll look it up, but evidently uh, there was some some stuff talked, and there was a challenge levied, and Gene LaBelle choked Steven Seagal unconscious and Mr. Seagal evacuated his bowels. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a good joke. I didn't know that detail. <laughs> Here's something I learned from this podcast that is sort of not related, but Pedro Sauer signed Chuck Norris's green, or I mean, Chuck Norris signed Pedro Sauer's green card. Really? Yeah. Like, Man, everybody who's watching is all going to look this up right now. The Steven Seagal thing? 
I thought you no, thought Steven you... Seagal signed Pedro Sowers. <laughs> no, <laughs> what are you no, talking no, no. about? Pedro Sowers so started. <laughs> the way that it's going to go down is Chuck Norris signed Pedro Sowers' green belt. <laughs> <laughs> I signed Riddler skateboard. <laughs> Look, looking up right now. <laughs> never, never let truth get in the way of a good story, Riddler. Ever. It looks like uh, uh, our man uh, Philly Pete here is going to be taken off here. So I want to say thank you very much for him being here, man. You're hey, the, uh, you're the freaking. I'll man. see you guys. I'll give you guys. Hey, 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 Pete, real quick. I uh, I came across in my parents' basement. A pair of Phoenix trucks that I can't find any use for, nor any use for. It was like my skateboard when I was in high school. I'm gonna send them your way. Okay, cool. You know I got. Go <laughs> I want a great collection. <laughs> Pete's also uh, Pete's also bringing some uh, some serious guitar attitude uh, in the next couple of weeks here while he sits on his ass. So I'm really looking forward to that, man. Nice. You're great. Now I gotta go order that fucking guitar. Thank you. <laughs> Love you, brother. Hey, be well, man. Bye. I'll see you guys. Yeah. Since we're on the topic of uh, this, like, I didn't know how awesome it was until we had Andrea, and then I got turned on to Avatar, the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's the greatest Best ever. Cartoon. Guys, I know that a lot of you don't have kids. I have two boys. They grew up with that. I'm telling you, man, of all of the sort of Saturday morning cartoony kind of long-running things, that thing is on another freaking level i anybody i don't know anybody else here has followed it i'm guessing maybe monte knows what i'm talking about i'm telling you you gotta stay with it you gotta see it in order and dude make sure the boys aren't around towards the end because it ends deep and it takes a while for you to get over that what happens it's an amazing amazing thing avatar the last airbender it's Super good man good. even the next uh, the one avatar chorus yeah. good Super good. The, the one that I'm really, the, the one that I'm really uh, into right now in terms of like the anime uh, series is uh, King and Asura. It's on Netflix. I saw it. I haven't. I haven't popped it. I haven't had very much time, but I guess I do make, now. Make, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure you watch. Of? What is that shot of Riddler? If you want to know, my uh, my good friends. Uh, wife runs an importing company and it's this stuff called Willet Pot Still Reserve. I thought it was a bomb. I think you can see it. No, I don't. Uh, that's not what I thought that was, but. I know it is. It is. It is not the most. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of a provocative shape of a bottle. Is there way to put that right? It's really delicious. It's called Willet Pot Still Reserve. Call, I'll call it. A, he said uh, they couldn't sell it because of the way the bottle looks. I, but boy, he came through for me. I'll tell you that. I get. Uh, so I got a, a weird question for you guys. So. Um, what I've experienced is that, and I don't proclaim myself to be that brilliant of a guy, is that uh, some people are misunderstanding the, the kind of the, the the parameters of what's going on right now. Right? They're like, hey, like uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine who is says that, oh, my sister wants me to go down to Connecticut and so that the kids can play, and I'm like. You're missing the fucking point. Like, yeah. like honestly, is there a punchline to this joke? Because you can't like, and and I'm wondering if I'm missing something. And if I am, is like, hey, what if 
Brad, Brad, you're isolated. I'm isolated. I'm isolated, man. I drive to Connecticut and Brad and I train. What happens then? I think the big argument there is what happens. I mean, we could do this all night, but I think it's like, what happens after you train? So if you pass it along, are you going to hang out with, you know, someone who's elderly, someone who's pregnant, someone who's like that? I think that's the real argument, but it's not like on a one-to-one level. It's that, <coughs> excuse me, how many people can, can sort of break that rule before the whole rule goes to shit? It's like, exactly. that, so the truth always- is there's more science. If there was a lot of science involved, you could <laughs> pick each person and rate them all and go, okay, the, you know, whatever the 82s can train and the well, 47s can't. It's the idea that you then you'll go home and, and if you get me sick, you might not even know you're sick. You might just be like mm-hmm. carrying it. And then I get sick and then I go to the, the grocery store and then I give it to like 12 people at the grocery store by accident and then they give it to like 15 people by accident. And then that guy goes, and that's the thing. If you don't stop that interaction, even, I mean, I don't have anybody to film techniques with this week. So for me, it's like, I mean, like, could I get somebody to come in and probably work with me? Probably could, but I don't even feel right about that. What if I'm sick and I don't know I'm sick? What if that other person's sick? I mean, like, it's, it just seems really irresponsible. It's like one thing to close your gym, but it's another thing to like, I see these people, like I was out today, like hiking uh, with, with some friends and like, you know, keeping our distance from each other and like see these groups of people around, like just all hanging out, kids playing. I'm like, you're totally missing the point of what's going on here. Like this isn't I all- for everybody, you know, I think it's always that paranoid question about that. What if, and people are always trying to balance that. Okay. Should I stay in the house or have that situation of, Oh, I'm too tired to stay in the house nothing's really going on. Let me just go hang with my friends. So it's always that paranoid of like, what if that well, I mean, people I are kind of like, it, yeah, but that's the thing, man. I think in like two weeks, it's going to be way, 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 way different here. I really, yeah, think, exactly. I, it's going to be real scary in like two, three weeks everywhere. Oh, especially in California, because right now is just like a lot of stuff is closing down and people are just, people just can't stay in the house. And People, you know, people are just going out, doing whatever they want to do. It's kind of like it makes it worse and it pushes things back. It's going to be, yeah, it it's going to get real gnarly if people don't start. Taking, yeah. To keep Riddler from getting sick anyway. It's people like Riddler that I'm worried about. <laughs> hey, man. I'm the elderly guy, right? Yeah. I think, I think the, entire, the entire thing is engineered to make sure that the Riddler doesn't get any better at jujitsu, actually. Uh, you're being sweet, Jay. <laughs> I want to bring, I wanna uh, I wanna, bring up. Go ahead, Riddler. I want to just make sure that these guys are you know, being included because they're, they're writing in and all that. And uh, so Ryan asked, uh, what do you guys plan to do when all this is said and done to make up for lost time? Are you guys going to do like an event or like, how are you going to, a party? How are you going to, I mean, this is going to be great when everybody goes, hey, open the gates. Like everybody's going to just be like, uh. <laughs> yeah, but is it going to be kind of weird? Like when it is done, are you going to, I know, like, but let's just like play it, play weird. it for, play it for what it is. I mean, if you could, if you could come out of this, what would you do? I mean, free, I'd imagine, free cruises for everybody. <laughs> I'd imagine that Croiler, you didn't, you know, you opened your school not that long ago, man. You know, like this, yeah. you like just got it going. You got all this momentum and I'm watching it online and it's like, bam, this happens. You're going to come back hard. Yeah, I'd imagine. Trying. Uh, I'll be okay. You know, I've, I've been, I've had my, I've been teaching for like 15 years. 
um, this was my my first solo venture, you know. So the the good news is a lot of these guys have been with me forever. So even though it's a new school, you know, I still have a membership that's been there for you know over a decade. You know, these guys aren't going to go anywhere. Um, I know that if this goes on really really long you know and they say hey man i can't afford to to keep paying like i i get it you know what i mean like we're one big family and i'll do for them as much as i can well, so nobody, nobody's going with party here huh? no no i'm going i'm going to mexico party. we're all restarting over basically in some ways you know we're all we got to start from scratch and some you know some schools start all over again and we're gonna do it you know we're gonna get together as a community we're gonna make tons of posts and pictures and videos and kick start it back up again but first we're all going to puerto travel brad that's travel. the big question then like yeah. this would be like one big party like reunion kickstarting jiu-jitsu in north america right there yeah, we're working on it, man. I mean, we're getting, we should have, for the people that are going to the camp, we'll definitely have some more information on some alternative dates this week from everybody. The, the hotel's getting, like, everything down there is basically shutting down, too, so. Yeah, but what I'm hearing is this, when this does blow over, like, this this could be a destination for we're everyone. We have to have the, the, the biggest BJJ in paradise we've ever had. Yeah, you better, you better remove that, that limit there. Yeah, we're going to get Brad, if you get a whole bunch of people, can I still come? <laughs> yeah, you're always invited. You have a life to minister. <laughs> <laughs> you, hey, Carlo, Marcio, Pandas, all you guys have a Marcio. Everyone has a standing invite. Lifetime, lifetime membership. Joey, Eric. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, by the way, Eric Bydark. Eric Bydark rejected us. He did not want to come on this podcast. He only I think, oh, cars. it's good. It's good to call him out. I'm surprised you didn't get Joey. This thing would have been a lot more fun. Uh, well, it would have ended up in a greater pandemic. We'll get him the next time. We'll get him <laughs> hey, before a couple more of these, but I got to like the one thing that I will say is that, and I think I speak for all gym owners, is that if you're listening to this and you're a jiu-jitsu student and you're paying your dues right now and you're sitting at home and you even like you know, you, you're sitting in your living room and you come to your own thoughts and you're just kind of grinding it down. You're like, why am I paying? Why am I paying? Like, like I know that at least all the people I see on the screen on the right-hand side of my computer are going to make things equal for you. Like, I know, like, I'll tell you what, like, I will give free private lessons to any member of Port City Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like, no problem. Like, I will do that. I know George will do that. Like we will, these guys, these people are your leaders. Like they are like the, like jujitsu is a spiritual thing. And these guys are helping you through this and they have given you so much. Like I'm looking at this screen. I see Jeff. I see Brad. I see Coyler. These people are helping you so much. Like give back to them and trust in them that they will still steer you through this and help them to stay on their feet in this like super difficult time. It's difficult for everybody. And I know that, but if we can't train, you know what I mean? And like, we can't give you training. Technically speaking, you can go like, Oh, well, I don't get any value from that, but you're going to want value when we can go back and train again. And so trust in these people 
like these are amazing people that are on this podcast right now and people that I would trust with my training and people that, that teach me amazing things. So I'm just saying like trust and support these people because when we come back from this thing, you're going to want jujitsu to make you sane again and you're going to want jujitsu to make you better. And these are the people that have gotten to this point. So Support these guys, because I know I would, and I do. Hey, can I say Rich McKeegan, by the way? The people on this podcast yeah, that you say haven't had teach at Black Belts for Butterflies, there's a couple that I'm looking at that these guys all would be great. Like, man, there's uh, – because Black Belts for Butterflies is, like, an amazing thing, and everybody on here that hasn't, like, been, like – Monte and Croiler. I haven't been. Would be you guys would love like you gotta go to the next one. Yeah, when is the next one? Next one we're looking at in July, but you know, this definitely does put a little bit of a different spin on things right now. Uh, but I think by July we're gonna be back to you know somewhat of normalcy for where we're at. You know, it's like it'll, you hope that the jujitsu community and the students will be back to who knows how it's going to be monetarily, you know, hitting right. everyone, you know, it's definitely, it's like people's 401ks are dropping. Uh, I spent almost 20 years in the restaurant industry, so I still have friends in that business and they're not working. And so it's, I think there's going to be a little bit of a, you know, while in the pocket for some time being, but uh, I think by July we'll get back to it and uh, we'll be in the Philly area. So well, let me know, and I'll, if I can make it, I'll make it. Awesome, awesome. Would love that. I'll be there. That's badass. Uh, Rich is talking about black belts for butterflies. Rich, how do you get in touch with that? You got an online presence? BB4BF.org. Uh, right, like black belts for butterflies, right? Dot dot org. So you can yeah. you go on the website, email me, or go on the Instagram page. Black and, I'll, and, I'll, and, and I'll tell you, like, obviously, like, Quayler's name probably precedes himself, but he's one of the best instructors I've ever seen. Like, this yeah. guy. Knows I've never heard of him. <laughs> he's and, a, the last name's kind of a, like, a, it sounds kind of Scottish and weird. Thank you, right? you're, being, you're being too nice, man. <laughs> no, not even. I, I don't think I'm being nice enough. Like, this guy is awesome, and he's an amazing instructor, and he teaches things that people can grab onto and kind of hold improve their games like obviously like and he's a super nice guy he's endearing to everybody you should have him coming oh i was excited when uh i got asked to be on here and i i saw the names i said oh wow i was i was excited when i saw his name on here so now it's, thank you guys he's mean he's really mean to me <laughs> he's mean, he's mean when he's, when he's bouncing on your chest when he's mounted on you yeah, yeah actually wow. i say that i say that he's put me through so much pain in my life actually yeah. He's, he's right. I remind him of an old man every time we roll. He's being mean to me. I'll never be you <laughs> again. Hey, let me before like I, I wanted to talk about this a while ago, but then we got distracted by all this other stuff. But like, what do you guys think about the IBJJF versus the Globetrotters? <laughs> Are you really sure you <laughs> want to ask? This I mean, I have. I want to bring it up. Wow. All right. Ooh. So there are some other questions. If you guys want to just duck that one, I can. Actually, I'd like to head that one off. Uh, so my coach, uh, he want, it's like he retired from police work uh, after 23 years. 
super good black belt. He wanted to compete. Well, it's uh, the person for our Pedro Sauer Association, uh, Luis Heredia, used to sign off on the black belts. Well, they changed things around. Luis Heredia didn't want to do it anymore, so it had someone else doing it. Well, now that there was it fourth degree, you have to be third, a fourth degree to sign third. off on no, other black third. belts. It's third. Let's change it again. One up, one. It used to be two, now it's three, I believe. It's three, yeah. But uh, so Rob's never, he's never competed. So it's like now he was having trouble trying to find someone to sign off because uh, we didn't have someone in the association. So he actually talked to Christian, emailed him, and Christian emailed him back, and he gave him like all the hoops that he had to jump through for the Globetrotters to get signed off as a black belt. So when I heard about the whole IBJJF thing saying that, you know, oh, they're just signing off on anyone, oh, that's bullshit. It's like th- there's no free pass just because you sign under the Globetrotters. They check you out. They make letters. Uh, you have to have, I think, five black belts uh, write letters in. It's not an easy process. They sit there and they, it's like they make sure you're legit if you're going to compete under them. So I thought it was, I thought it was bullshit. I got, I got to interrupt for a sec. Uh, Monte, Monte, he's got to take off here. So I just want to make sure everybody knew that. See you, Monte. Hey, brother. Good night, gentlemen. See you, brother. So good, hey. so good to good see night, you, man. Sorry we missed you in L.A. this time, brother. No problem. I'll see you soon. So, uh, Rich, like, I, I hear everything you're saying, and that's, that's like, all of that is extremely true. Um, but when it comes to... Uh, and I'm not agreeing with the IBJJF, by the way. Like, I, I like I as a principal, I don't understand how they're a tournament organization. So their uh, effort to become the governing body of jujitsu, I, I fundamentally have a problem with that. So their ideology and what the business drivers that they have, it's like, hey, like you don't know, want to register your black belt. Oh, it's going to be five hundred dollars for your academy, and it's going to be a hundred and whatever dollars a year, and it's going to be you know. So, but the reality is, is that there is some legitimacy, and like if glo, if the I I forget how many academies the Globetrotters had signed up underneath their it was like six hundred. Are you telling me that Christian Grogard is 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 administering? Not academies, though. It's not academies. It's it's just people competing. So 600, does Christian know these people? Like he's signed off on their promotions and knows them well. And like, is, is, is that accurate? Like, like I, mean, I think the majority, I think the majority of people are maybe not everybody. And I shouldn't, I'm not speaking for him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting, you know, trying to disagree with you. I just, I know, I know him very well. And I've, I've taught at 15 camps and, uh, and I, I think what he's doing is just providing a platform for, people that otherwise generally wouldn't have somebody to sign off on their certificate to make it so that they would be able to compete in the IBJJF events or under the banner of Globetrotters as part of, because they don't have like a team or they're unified as like this sort of community that cross trains and goes to these camps and does all these things. Right. And I don't, to to be clear, I don't, you know, if people want to go compete and they're, whether they're legitimate or illegitimate, the truth will be found out, right? Like, I think that there's probably people that are 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see it as a problem. Like, who, who gives a shit who he signs off on? Like, they. Yeah, the problem is, it seems like it's the opposite thing when people sandbag. You know, people I mean? sandbag. Like, yeah, that seems yes. to be a worse problem. Yeah, but look out. Yeah, that, look that, at some of these other academies. That I mean, sandbagging is kind of everywhere, right? Yeah. Kruller, yeah. Hey, Kruller, I think Kruller's trying to make a point. Kruller. No, I mean that. That I mean that was that was my point. I don't really care if somebody says, "Hey, I'm a." you know, 18th degree black belt, that's great. You know, we'll know it right away as soon as you step on the mats. Right. I have more of a problem with somebody saying, hey, I'm a purple belt and going and winning the world tournament or, hey, I'm a blue belt and they've been training for 15 years. That's more of a problem, I think, than, <laughs> than somebody who's They want a gold medal in the Olympics for wrestling. <laughs> right, you're right. I mean, like, come on. I mean, that, that to me is more of an issue than somebody saying, hey, I'm a, you know, 10 degree black belt. I mean, you know, we'll know. I mean, that's easy to spot. I, I think, like, to get back to something Jay said, like, I really wish the IBJJF was more of a sanctioning body and more of, like, a nonprofit body than one that's driven. Like judo or something. Right? Exactly, exactly. Right? right. It's like we operate in the best interest of the art as opposed to, like, we are a tournament organization that – because those two goals can be at cross-purposes sometimes. I, I agree. That That is exactly my point. That is exactly my point. And that you can't – like, it would be great if the IBJJF just wanted to be a regulatory body, and that's fine. And in which case, like, let's, like, because there's, you know, uh, Croyler, to your point, like, they want to go compete under a fourth degree black belt, and if they're not there, like, the truth is going to find itself for sure. There's no question about that. But can we allow these people to put four stripes on their black belt and teach people the art that we have spent so much time crafting, your family has spent so much time creating, crafting and perfecting. Like, like I think that one is uh, what's the word? Like it has nothing to do with the other. There's a word uh, for that. They're not, not related. Um, yeah. Mutually, mutually, exclusive. mutually exclusive. Yeah. So, so, you know, have you guys talked to um, Swedish Steve? Um, he was in Mexico last year. Um, what's his last name, Brad? Do you, do you, do you know his last name? Uh, Ant, 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 Antoinette? <laughs> Put yeah. Brad on That's the spot there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, Steve, if I'm butchering your name. Yeah, I just call him, you know, Swedish Steve. Um, and, then you know, I spent quite a bit of time talking to him last year about how they do things in, in Sweden, um, just because I'm curious about the culture and everything. And he said that they actually have a, like, a, a national sports committee that oversees all sports and in each sport has its own committee underneath them. And basically for you to open a facility or a center or a school that teaches or trains on or supplements that sport, they have to go through the proper means of showing documentation that they're certified and so on. You can't just open up a school, slap a belt on and start teaching. You know, it's very easy here for Joe Schmuck down the road to say, you know what, I'm going to take advantage of the situation. All Jiu-Jitsu schools are closed. I'm going to open, put a black belt, and start teaching right now. And I can scoop up a lot of people's students that are bored at home. I think Christian well, was trying to do something about um, the fake belts with the beltchecker.com. You guys, have you guys heard of that? Where you have to go in and you like put in the dates of when you started and show pictures of all your different belt promotions and then um, other people log on and they like uh, approve what you're saying and you have to have a certain amount of people like say like yes Amanda really is a purple belt or whatever 
Yeah, it's like crowdsourcing authenticity. Yeah, right. it's not it's it's not a bad theory. Uh, in fact, like I think if we can take advantage more of technology and social media to accomplish that, you're definitely right. And by the way, nobody questions whether Amanda is a purple belt or not. <laughs> Savage. Uh, but, but you know what I mean? There 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 have been some websites before that have tried to do this. Um, I can't remember what it was. I, I just remember what the uh, what the screen looked like. It was like this black uh, BJJ.org, maybe I think it was. Uh, that tried to legitimize like some belts and stuff like that. But the reality is, nobody is more painstaking than uh, the IBJJF. At, at least if you're a gringo, like <laughs> it is it is painstaking to go through that process. I mean, I mean Hickson isn't even certified. It's that hard to get in there. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I mean, I think he like uh, according to uh, what's what's who, who said uh, Keenan? He's like a purple belt at best, right? I'm like, good for you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, the, it's a funny thing. Like that pains me. Like Croyler to that point, like about the IBJJF because of the money. Like, do you think you're ever gonna get Hickson Gracie to pay you money? for you to legitimize the belt that he puts around his waist, that is ridiculous. Right. But, but it's not just him though. I mean, there's a, there's a slew of guys that, you know, didn't sign up when IBJF started doing this and they started doing this around 2005, I think five or six. And yep. basically back then it was optional and it was free and nobody saw the point of it. And then all of a sudden they made the, they made the restrictions so difficult to, to achieve that people, unless you knew somebody, you, you couldn't find a way in. And now it's so restrictive that everybody that didn't jump on the boat when the, the opportunity was there can't get in. Right. And if you start now, you start fresh. Right. Right, right, right. It'd be a so fourth grade black belt, but they start now. <laughs> right. So I'm going on 10 years as a, as a black belt. And uh, I was talking to Marcio because I wanted to get my, my diploma through IBJF and, uh, you know, we tried doing it last year and, 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 you know, I sent the paperwork in and they were like, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, oh, okay. You got to be serious. And like, seriously? Oh, yeah, yeah. I have, I have a whole <laughs> chain of emails. And yeah, I have like, a picture of me and my grandfather, who's the founder of Jiu-Jitsu. Right. So, so Marcio. So ridiculous. Like, Marcio I mean, we got to like, question the lineage, you know? <laughs> right. So, like. Marcio I -E on like, the end right <laughs> he like he wrote he wrote a letter out to them like a handwritten letter in English and in Portuguese he signed it he like you know basically scanned it sent it in like he scaled it up as much as he could and it got to as, as high up as it could go and they're like yeah sorry like you know it is what it is and uh and 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 basically, you're not the only one, is what we got told. Yeah, he's been. I so, mean, he's been bothering me. He's been bugging me a lot for the last like, I don't know, seven or eight years to, to do it. And every year, I'm like, I go to. So I've been competing in the IBJJF as a black belt for nine for nine years. But it, in terms of registering as as a black belt and getting the diploma and stuff, it's crazy. I need like they're like, okay, you got to take this refs, you know, rules class, and you got to do this and you got to do that. I'm like, well, they only offer that thing around here like twice a year. It always happens to be in April when the Boston Open and New York Open are going on, and I'm always in Mexico. So it's like every year I'm like, I'm going to do it, Master. I'm going to do it. I just, I, I just. You, you wouldn't plus, be able to get it right now. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, Unless, there's no way. Yeah. That's the problem is like you missed a boat kind of like I did. 
Yeah, yeah probably, actually, yeah, to be sure. I haven't even, I haven't fair, I, yet, you know. And plus, I up we want to learn from you. Your refs suck. <laughs> Worst refing system in the world. It is like, it, it's unbelievable. You know what I mean? But some, somehow, because they have the world championships and they have the Pan Ams, people feel like they like, like, well, they feel like they can be the governing body for jujitsu. And I feel like that's not right. Well, it is. I mean, in that sense, especially as you get older, like for guys my age, you know, like if you want to compete against other people your age and weight, that that's pretty much where you have to go because any like tournament that I do around here, that's not IBJJF tournament. It's going to be the same, like four dudes that I've been training with for 15 years. Like you're not going to get a good, like, you're not going to get like a high level of competition from other places unless you go as a master three or master four guy. Not locally, not locally. Like um, even, yeah. you know, start looking around, like, you know, I love what Seth Daniels is doing with fight to win. Like, you know what I mean? I think that's a great organization. Like that, that's yeah. a, when it comes to John, I mean, there's top cancer and he's doing the showcase. Definitely. Oh like, my God. There's definitely nice. ways to compete, but I'm just saying like, if you want, if you want to go to a tournament, top level four matches with like, Four guys that are forty-three year old black belts who have, you know, or like this, you know, th- that's the that's the that's where you have to go. It's the best. It's still, especially in the gi, it's the best of the best. Still, it is. It's still the best competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, like I turned forty-six this year, and I really want to compete at Masters Worlds, and I'm working on my paperwork, and it is. You look no older than forty-five. Oh, thank you. I, I'm I'm forty-five in dog years. Actually, you crazy. Uh, <laughs> you don't look forty-five. Guy looks like he's thirty. You should see what I just shaved the Lemmy mustache. I had like a mustache like Lemmy from Motorhead, and I just shaved it. It took twenty five years off me. I would have. Dude, it was looked so good. I'm disappointed. It was a bummer because we did this filming today, and I was like, "Do I want to immortalize freaking Lemmy?" And like then, if it you know if somebody sees this video, it's like, "Oh, you're the guy with the mustache," and I'm like, "I don't." You made the wrong call, Jeff Shaw. You know, no, I'm going to take Jeff. I'm going to take Jeff's side on this one. You make a good point. If one of those videos becomes really popular, you would be the guy with the level. Oh. It's like now you're the mustache guy. Although, like, it's probably right that I did make a bad call. It happens at least eight times before breakfast every day. Peace with it. Just make bad decisions. It's all right. Plus, it's facial hair it grows back. Maybe I'll go soul patch next time. I found out this year that. Uh, Featherweight Master 3 Black Belt Division in the Boston area is no joke. I believe that. Oh, how, did, how did you find that out, George? I got I got smoked, man. Oh, I, I got <laughs> Come on, man. You got your black belt like two weeks before that, too. Yeah, I mean, you were ballsy oh, as hell. Ballsy as hell to jump in. Just jumped you went in. To decision on one on one match. What's that? You went to a decision on your yeah, first match. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought I won it, but, you know, yeah. whatever. Did, did you fight Torinia in your first match? No, I had uh, – um, I forget that guy's name. He might have actually been from – no, he's uh, – I forget what his name was. When – you fought Tor- By the way, by the way, I think you fought Torinia in your second match, and just so you know, that guy has more Pan Am and World Championship gold medals than times I've competed ever. Okay. Jay, when <laughs> when does George get to be called by just one name, like Tarinia? I mean, we're gonna have to think up something convenient. I, I mean, I've seen him in the big second. head. Just George, <laughs> just George, Batuga, George, big head, big Casca Grossa. But that's stolen. That's someone else. That someone else has that. That's still two. 
right? Right. So, right. right. Technically, that's two words, Jay. Right. We have a bunch of other uh, things, people writing in. Uh, one's for Gary. I'll, I'm probably going to hold on to that. Uh, Ryan. Oh, uh, come on. It sounds we'll save that for the private show later. Right. <laughs> 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 Ryan says, uh, IBJJF created, don't do that, Gary. Uh, IBJJF created COVID-19 to prevent legitimacy of qualified black belts. Prove me wrong. And uh, I'm just saying look into it. So okay. Saying. Look, Look into, into it. it. Hey, uh, real quick, can we put Gary on the screen? Well, he comes Anybody? on the screen if he talks. Let me ask. Let me ask him the question, and he can answer it. He'll stay on this. On the. On and, the and when he does, I want you guys to ask yourselves this: Is Gary Gordon Ryan in a fat state? Like, oh my God! Yes, yes. Like after four yes. quarter pounders with cheese. Gary. It's only getting to be a fatter state. I will let oh, you. Oh, there it is. Quarantine. Everyone's putting <laughs> it up there like their uh, techniques and, and stuff for people to look at. I'm going to put out my recipe book for top control. It's mostly pizza, pasta, cookies, and rubbing myself down in Crisco. Wow. It wasn't that Gary, long, Louis. You, uh, a long if ago you start we... preaching to Jesus, you'll, you'll trump real quick. <laughs> <laughs> So from the internet, Jinji uh, Yu says, Gary, the giant hole in your rash guard, did you get attacked by a bear? They want to know how that happened, That's Gary. That's name right at all. That's Shingy. You can say it however you want, man. It's Shingy. I will say it however she wants. It's her name. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Go ahead. So how did you get attacked? I don't attacked? know. Just neglect, I guess. Didn't you have what like you one that, that had like looked like a frog too? And Entropy? No, that was a thing you saw on the internet, okay. and then you imagined being it. Did she? Did <laughs> she rip your rash guard open? Who? She? she? No. 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 no that that, was like that. She started training with us like a month and a half ago. Right. That rash guard's been like that for years. Yeah, and it was just uh, you know not caring and buying cheap goods mostly. I think Gary, you uh, came to us that way with that rash guard. Broken. <laughs> you were tainted goods. Broken. You came to us as tainted goods, dude. Yeah. Just, just bedraggled and in, in a in a gutter. <laughs> eh, moist. The internet is suggesting that you bleach your hair so that you look more like Gordon Ryan. Wow! I can't wait for that to take off. I'm going to promote that one. Um, I will. Also- a beverage tonight. <laughs> If there's a if there's a whole bunch of people listening, like I know that um, obviously like things have calmed down and you realize that stop bobbing your head left and right, Gary. Just like thank you, thank you. Stay right there. Stay right. There. Oh, that's good. Uh, Finish. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So I know that I I know that a lot of people out there like are are hankering to train and. Even more so, like kind of Matt, like the whole Pan Ams thing, and like at the time, it didn't seem like like you trained and you were getting ready to compete, and it was rough. It was rough. Like I know you trained hard and you ate light and you were hurting and you were pained and you went back to train anyway and you did it every day. Like there's going to be more chances. Like I know that you guys are pissed that you didn't get to compete and you get to show the results of your work. Like and literally, this is not for the people. Oh, Jay, you just hit, you hit. We've um, lost you, him. You, right you, 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 you. <laughs> I feel like Jay was just talking to himself. <laughs> I was. That I wasn't was, for anyone I was else. just, I was looking for my tissue box. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys know what I'm saying. Like, I know you guys. Yes, hard. yes, actually, Jay, we do. <laughs> you guys trained hard, and like, I know, like, I've locally, like, I heard a million stories like this, and it sucks. And you can eat ice cream now, but like, your time will come, and everything happens for a reason. So, you know. So listen. On that note, I really miss all you guys' faces, and it made me super happy to see all you guys today. Um, so be over shortly. I know where you live. <laughs> right? Just that we we don't need to social distance you and I. Um, <laughs> I'm going to interrupt. I'm the owner of this uh, podcast network. This thing is on. Gary has a podcast called News of Our Demise, oh, which know. is a Massive disaster of like Saturday Night Live's weekend update combined with like two really, really gross people that are trying to be super offensive. So <laughs> news of our demise podcast.com. Uh, shoot over there and uh, I noticed that I've I've moved Gary right from the uh, he's no longer in the uh, in the frame. And so if my, you're, if you're my job is done. If you're looking for something that is half as good but twice as disgusting as the Great Northeast uh-huh. podcast. You can log in there. Yes. More, than, more than news, twice. Newsofourdemise.com. So uh, back to you, George. So Riddler, thank you for putting the effort into getting this thing rolling because I know you spent a lot of time doing it. My wife, Andrea, Jay Mansfield, Rich, Jeff, Brad, Croiler, Gary, everybody that left. You got to save my life because I was getting depressed, man. I was like, I don't even, yeah. I think I just missed talking to you guys more, you know, more than Roland, honestly. Like, I you guys want to do it next week? I definitely miss it next week. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we can do this. Uh, yeah, I'm hey, kind of lonely over here, so I'll down. talk to you guys whenever you want. Maybe we'll do it yeah, every day. <laughs> Let's <laughs> not do it every day. Chuck me in like my George. I my hat is off. My hat is off to you guys. I miss you guys so much. You're you're my brothers, and uh, I would you guys too, man. Everybody stay safe. Out. Please be smart. Yep. Stay home. Yeah. Is anybody still Keep working? Be there when you're when you're when this is all over. Because I still have to work. Yeah, I'll see you guys I in the mats. I still have to work too. But as you soon as I travel again, I'll get out and see you guys. I have to leave the house. George, wrap this thing up. Scarecrow, Rich McKeegan, I love you, man. I love all you guys. All right, thank you. Listening. Thank you so much. Um, peace, everybody. Bye, guys.